Aaron. To keep Beach City Quarantine, I'm Liz. This is Aaron, but today you can call me Lapis, and you can call Aaron Beach Bum Steven <laughs> because he couldn't find his costume. I tried so hard. He tried very hard. He d- is wearing all of the Steven Universe paraphernalia that he does own, so I am going to give him this one. It's it's no blue wig, but it will do in a pinch. Again, podcast audio medium but that's why this podcast is so fun because we get to do audio and visual stuff uh so if you are listening at home live while we are recording this and you want to throw in some pictures of your steven universe cosplay uh into the chat we would love to see and share it after this i think we should share our dragon con photos because i had my gem on the wig was perfectly styled i had uh, my actual steven universe shirt on and um, we, uh, I actually shared this in the hero heroes quarters uh, page where the um, one of the side quests for yesterday or today, um, I forget which, was uh, to pose in a like twenty minute cosplay. Uh, here you go, um, or in uh, one of your cosplays or something like that. So, um, if you are joining us from the heroes quarters page, please. Uh, you know, comment that you are from here uh, or from there, rather, um, and maybe your cosplay because I've seen some amazing. I saw Mrs. White from um, Clue. From Clue, she she did a great job. Um, and I've been seeing so many people do cosplays at home, and there's something so fun and freeing about that. Dressing up just for yourself, which is at the core what your cosplay should be about dressing up for yourself and how you want to look and feel and stuff there's a delicate balance to that because uh my very first cosplay was absolutely for myself and it w- i'll never do that again <laughs> not, well, not, not like not let's like cosplay go down the reasons why that cosplay didn't work one it was a full suit at dragon con in the middle of august our first dragon, first con. dragon con second it was a full face mask as in you couldn't see out of it and covered your entire head yeah i that was a a mistake absolutely mistake and then we went through the vendor hall with me in that bless you um (laughs) how you managed to look at anything to buy is oh i didn't because you couldn't see anything i couldn't see anything i think eventually i just took it off so i could actually see things and you had to like direct me and then finally you were like i need to like actually see things or i actually need to like look at things so i'm gonna plant you here people just thought i was like trying to troll people because uh slender man was still very big at the time they thought he was slender man yeah a thick slender man no thick. he was not slender man he was actually a character from the phantom toll booth which is a very good book but perhaps one of the harder things to cosplay as i uh i t- i talked about this experience in the dragon con facebook group and a couple of people were like, oh, I love Phantom Tollbooth and I love the terrible trivium. I'm like, where were you guys? Where were you? Uh, it's okay. I was dressed up as a steampunk woman. They probably just thought I was so passe they didn't even look at you and give you a chance. Yeah. Well, not even so passe, but like, oh my God, look at that awesome steampunk and this dude just trying to be, uh, uh, you know, Slender Man. So, but yeah, if you are here from, you know, that or from the Noxel cosplayers, wherever where you're sure. from, show your photos. I always like to see the cosplays that people are doing, especially the ones that you're doing inside of quarantine. Yeah. Like um, some of my uh, my aunt, my cousin from uh, Texas did it like a week of Disney bounding just in their house just so they could like because they went to Florida um, right before the shutdown started to happen and um, were not allowed to go into Disney because of the shutdown like literally like i think they were there my cousin same thing went there for his son's birthday disney shut down i didn't even think they had i didn't no, think they, 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 they yeah, literally about to leave and the day before they were going to leave it's like yeah everything's closed now 
it's all done. Well, wherever you're joining us from, we really appreciate it. And um, we uh, are happy that you're here to talk about Steven Universe, the end of season one. Some of my favorite episodes. If you're just joining us, we look at a chunk of Steven Universe episodes each week. Tuesday nights at 5 o'clock here on our Facebook page for our Marriage to the Idea podcast. If you like pop culture reviews, I suggest hopping over there. If you just can't get enough of the melodious sounds of our voices, <laughs> that podcast comes out every other week and we review all sorts of movies. Recently, ones that you can stream, not ones you can go to the theater so much for. But if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, that's a whole different story. Completely different story. So, um, Elizabeth, why don't you give us a rundown of the episodes that we watched because it got very confusing. Things got a little weird. We touched on this last week that the list of episodes, both online, on streaming sites, and air dates, are so higgledy piggledy. It's literally impossible to tell based on when these. If they truly aired when these were aired, then we have things like the season finale coming before some of our other episodes that explain what happens in the season finale. And then the two-parter, I don't even think, is a season finale, technically. It's not. It's I not, think and it feels like, it. every time we watch it, it feels like the end of a conclusion of a story arc. And just because we'll, it's a two-parter and all the big stuff happens. I think we'll get more into it um, whenever we talk about the episodes themselves. But wh- again, uh, for, uh, for, those of us, for those of you joining us for the first time, uh, we have seen uh, past the, uh, where we are right now, um, uh, before, and we are re-watching this uh, series to reintroduce ourselves, to show why we love this series, to show why this series is amazing. Um, and, and we to eventually catch up and actually learn some new stuff. Yeah, and not just have everything spoiled for us. Um, we had um, one, uh, or sorry, um, this, and we were very excited to get to this the point that we are, and um, the... Uh, the the season finale or what we thought was the season finale i actually don't think it's the true season finale i think it was just the culmination of a lot of things that happened and it kind of shows that they were willing to not play by the rules or to break some of the rules um even this early on i don't think it's i think it's just cartoon network kind of mucked up just like they did with ducktales i don't think there's a a secret subterfuge of it well, that I mean, that's quite possible too, uh, which of course DuckTales is Disney, but you know, I don't really feel like that because the things that come after the episodes that come after, say for one, um, do deal with the aftermath of it, and um, then the I don't really like the season two uh, first episode, which we did not actually end up watching, which is a little strange, but. It doesn't matter. It's not canon. So let's <laughs> talk about the message. Uh, the ones that we did watch. Yeah. Uh, the order that we watched them in was Political Power, Open Book, The Return Part One, Jailbreak Part Two, Full Disclosure, and Joyride. And I kind if you of watch it on Hulu and you're streaming, those are the six episodes that they give you. We did watch a little out of order. We watched um, Open Book. I asked them in the order we watched it. Political Power, Open Book, The Two-Parter, Full Disclosure Joy, right? According to Hulu, we watched them out of order because we had Open Book. We, we went ahead and watched that because we 
we were like, oh, we're going to save uh, the return and jailbreak for the very end because of just how impactful they are. And then we realized as we were trying, as we finally, like on Sunday, sat down to watch everything, we realized, like, oh, wait, the, the stuff that actually happens in these episodes, sorry, uh, come after this. So we really need to, to, for, you know, posterity's sake, even though we know it happens. We need to watch the 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 uh, Stu Parter first. So, and I'm glad we did um, because it kind of helped to show the the character progression correctly. Um, I think Open Book should have been where it was um, because I I I can't get mad for doing as many Connie episodes as possible. <laughs> and it was a great Connie episode as well. Um, it, it wasn't a full Connie episode, but it was good to show the the relationship between the two. Um, but with that being said, um, let's start with the first episode. Uh, so we did did kind of watch these out of ep- order. So uh, Hulu has them in a weird order, or not in a weird order. We have they has them in the order we watch them out of order. Apologies. All right, political power. After the gems cause a power outage in Beach City, Stephen helps Mayor Dewey control the situation. Mayor Dewey. What an apt episode for freaking quarantine. Like, it's so apt. It was was a little unnerving. I looked at Aaron a couple of times, like, is this real life? (laughs) Is this it? I, uh, I, I... It took me, I think, into season two to figure out that who the voice of Mayor Dewey is. And now, every time I hear Mayor Dewey, I'm just like, uh, uh, Mayor Dewey's voice by Joel Hodson. Uh, if that name doesn't immediately ring a bell to you, he is the creator and the first host of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, he helped the show along even beyond when he was no longer the main uh, face of it uh, when uh, Mike Nelson took over uh, about halfway through the first series run. He still was a driving force in the return on Netflix as well. Uh, basically, I love this man. <laughs> he's hilarious. I've heard some uh, funny stories fr- from the industry about him. Um, and it was really cool that he's doing something that has nothing to do with, you know, Rift Tracks, Missy Science, Thousand, the Mads, anything. Nothing along those lines. It's just, he's just doing an acting role. Didn't we make the same comment about Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the original te- television series run that... Frank Conniff, is- TV's Frank, is... Uh, an executive producer, a uh, writer, and has popped on the show a couple times. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's it's so cool. And, like, Mike Nelson is a writer. Um, you know, th- they all do things outside of that, but that's kind of what a lot of the cult status comes from. And so it's just really cool to hear him. And you you sometimes you can hear Joel behind it, but then it's like it's almost like that character Joel was a character that he played. You know, I always thought it was more true to him. But I think it's more of a character still. Um, so it was kind of cool to see him uh, in a different role. And this is this is a very Mayor Dewey-centric episode. And it's interesting to see, like, a small-town mayor. Why do you need a mayor? And it's like, okay, now you can kind of tell. Yeah, there's really – it's it's a – it doesn't paint him in a negative light. It'd be so easy to say, I'm a politician. I don't have that kind of power. I can't make things change. I'm just a politician. But I, I can't do anything, Jack. I'm just an elected politician. It would be very easy to just paint him one note. But it clearly shows that he likes the people of Beach City and that he does like making them feel better. 
even if it's not always the right or correct thing he does generally want to make them feel good that's his job he likes this and he he likes the job um i think he likes the power that goes along with it too um but he likes what comes with it so it's kind of a trade-off you know i mean any job is a trade-off you know you go work long hours for the paycheck and if you like what you do you do it for longer but it's one of those things where i think he genuinely likes to be an elected official yeah i think that certain kind of person (laughs) steven you don't want what happened to ocean city to happen to here butte city what's ocean city exactly ocean town what's that you don't know uh there's (laughs) oh we have a visitor our cats have been hiding under the bed ever since the roof was started and now they're all out just uh hanging on our back of our chairs wondering what we're doing uh so if you hear little claw marks it's them not us sharpening our nails uh i like this speech that steven gives and i think it's really nice because this whole city is completely rioting in the streets because they don't have the power back yet and Steven's like, listen, like, he just wants to make you feel good. He wants to, he sometimes won't tell the truth, but it's not because he doesn't like you or he wants to make you feel bad. He's trying to protect you. And it is a nice tie-in to what he's doing with the other Crystal Gems who are just saying, oh, everything's fine. You want to play cards? And he's like, no, like, everything's not fine. We, We just got this message about that people are coming and we need to, like, either leave or do something and it's um you know it's not a good situation and like he's kind of freaking out but the gems are trying to you know keep an air of uh not mystique but uh it's fine it's fine there's nothing to worry about let's just go have (laughs) some fun it's very of the moment it's very salient to what's going on right now parents trying to put on a nice brave face for their kids in the view of such uncertainty and not sure what to do uh and especially i think we would like to hope that our elected officials were people who genuinely did care even if they didn't always do the right thing we would like to think that maybe there are some out there should we move on so we don't get political or i mean we we get a lot of things on the show remember a (laughs) light-hearted podcast we're doing it Light, happy, positive. That's what we're doing here. Ah, yes. Uh, oh, next episode. Go. Sorry. Um, this uh, the the we have two cats. Um, we have. Uh, They're identical though. So if you see one, you've seen them both. Yeah, almost basically. Yeah. Uh, we have Mycroft and Sherlock. Sherlock, who is sitting right next to me. Uh, this is not normal. Not normal. He, uh, especially this guy here, he has been freaked out all day because of the roofer. When he would walk through the house, he walks. He would walk so low that his entire belly, like his entire body, would just scrape across the ground like a snake as he went from one room to another. Just constantly stop. One, it was pretty much one, two step, look backwards. One, two step, look backwards. Is someone coming for me? And of course, there are men walking around the second story windows of our house. Yeah, it's kind of freaking out. It uh, reminded us a lot of like when you do the the bar rider training during like oh yeah, very you know, much. Oh, ranger training, sir. Or uh, he's you know, totally ready to be a ranger. <laughs> the mutters or whatever. So, <laughs> um, but uh, so if my hand just disappears and just kind of stays down here for a little while, That's it's a because cat. I am petting a cat while I am recording. Or you know, if you hear jingles on the podcast side of things. Is because I'm petting a cat. 
Yeah, cute thing. We adopted two identical black cats. We had to keep the collars on them even though they're indoors because otherwise I don't think we'd be able to tell sometimes. They, I, most of the time, I would say about 60, per, 60 to 75% of the time I can uh, tell. But there are times I'll be like, oh, hey, Sherlock, what's up? Oh, that's Mycroft. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Oh, those Holmes boys. <laughs> uh, our next episode, Open Book. When Connie is upset by the ending of her favorite book series, Stephen takes her to Rose's room to attempt to remake the ending. This is so a good. This is a good episode. It's a little scary at times, yeah. but it's a good episode. The more and more we see of Rose's stuff, the scarier it gets. Like this special place that he can get to in Lion's Mane is literally unbreathable for him. Uh, the place where all the armor is is where that giant thing goes to attack them. Um, Rose's room can make anything happen, but also threatens to like destroy the entire temple because it's trying to recreate a city. It's my, my, my it's dark. It, it is dark. Um, and I think it's because she w created these areas, you know, with herself in mind, not with Stephen in mind. And it just shows. It, it's really weird because we find out, you know, in the very next episode that Rose is supposed to be this like, just you know, mastermind tech tactician and. Uh, logistical person and uh, you know, and planner, but she doesn't plan on you know him being a human at all. Which I think Rose really does lack humanity more than any of them. Well, yeah, I completely agree. But it she does she likes humanity, but I think she, she likes, likes them. But in the I, way that you know you would like your dog or. Yeah, it's more like the idea of humanity. The idea of humanity is something worth preserving. That's what the gems always talk about. That's why they defected. But you do get the sense that even though Rose is deeply caring, and even though she cries magic healing tears to keep people happy, and even though she <laughs> married a human and uh, and gave up her corporeal form to give her son life, it, even whenever you see where where her mind was, it just seems so dangerous and alien and foreign. So right. strange. Yeah, and there's I have a thousand and one complaints, and I'm sure they'll continue as we uh, continue along with the um, uh, w with watching rewatching the series. But something that I I've just I keep noticing every time we talk about Rose or him trying to find out about his mom, she just did not plan on him. Like she wanted him, she wanted to bring him to life, and she wanted this. But there's so many questions on why and why didn't she plan? Like, why isn't there something left behind to explain things? You know, there's there's been so little given to Stephen. Well, even the gems don't tell Stephen that they're aliens and that they defected and that they killed many gems to keep the world safe. Like, they don't tell him that in their is, lives. Is that a rose mandate? Is that, you know, a garnet mandate? Is that... You know, there's, it's there's not relevant to the story, to Stephen's I mean, he growth. knows that they're different, and he knows that something happens, or ha had happened, but it's not like... Uh, Stephen is not stupid. He's, you know, a little gullible and carefree, but he's not stupid. Not by a long shot. In fact, I would say he's very clever. But he gets... I think Rose just can't share anything, couldn't share anything with Stephen, because... You pull one thread, and suddenly you realize maybe she wasn't perfect. Maybe I there think, was something wrong. I, I think the more he finds out, of, and that's the problem, 
and 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 we as the viewers too and that was that was a big thing for me is like as soon as we started like i i i was like steven i had her up on this huge pedestal and she was so beautiful and like angelic and the more and more i find out i'm like how good was she actually so in in you know i'm 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 gonna stop there because I really feel like we're we're teetering on spoiler territory for everyone else. For us, still speculation. Oh Even God, knowing yeah. what I know, it still doesn't. I still can't say anything with any definitive. I just know that every time that he tries to access another part of his mom, sometimes it's like the light cannons and the shield. Uh, it's, he seems to have good reactions to whenever it's a defensive mechanism, but whenever it's a more of a creation thing, things get pretty dark pretty fast which is really weird i mean it's not bad but it's really weird um in this episode it's a it's so subtle but i i I loved this uh so um they um connie so so poor connie (laughs) and poor steven connie you know is waiting for steven to finish this book series just waiting there her, her fingertips steepled, eyes on him. So, what did you think? And then yeah, just there's not a book on this table that I've been waiting for you to even start or anything. I actually just finished the first two pages before you said, "Hey, laundry time." So it was your fault this time. I didn't. I didn't say laundry time. I was putting my clothes away. <laughs> it's laundry time. Uh, <laughs> uh, if if you're wondering, it's the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle that Aaron read and if, wants me to read. If you have read this book, please. Please comment or DM me or something. I have got to geek out about this book with someone else. I loved this book. I loved the twists, the turns. Well, I just it was reading, Agatha- so soon we'll get to. You can do the same thing to me. You can Connie me oh, all over the place. It, uh, there's, uh, I just, it's like an Agatha Christie with uh, so many other elements, like carefully worked into it. It's so good. Um, but I can other, I can understand if people didn't like it, but I liked it a lot. So. And oh. Connie has a really relatable problem of getting to an end of a series and being like, well, that wasn't satisfying for what we had been building up to. It didn't handle, like, what was with the political intrigue and the dissidents and the <laughs> magic stories? They just got married? What? What's this? And Steve's like, yeah, yeah, well. Totally hated that. Totally. I absolutely did. And so he, uh, Rose's room activates, and he's like, oh, well, we'll just make the ending you wanted to make. Uh, little knowing that when Steven says he wants something in this room, it happens for him immediately. So they make a costume shop. Connie goes in to start getting dressed up, and he's like, come on, come on, I want to see you. Connie walks out, but it's not Connie. And we don't really figure that out. For a uh, while. For a little while. And I feel like the he's learned more about the room, which is great, but like he still has so much more to learn. He's got to learn about you know his wants and desires, but also what he says, and it's done well with like the the subtleness of how they build up to um, the reveal of you know what this is, and it's um, and how how they reveal that like what what the room has done basically. Yeah, it makes a Connie that just does what he wants. It isn't it's not a person with her own viewpoints and feelings, and by you know confronting that he's finally able to tell connie his thoughts and feelings that he liked that these two best friends got married and that he had been reading scenes completely differently than she had they even allude to that when she's in the costume shop and she's like steven wait this isn't the right color of the shirt were you imagining it this way the whole time well yeah that's what i thought so it's 
uh, both these people looking at media and then completely interpreting it in their own fashion. Which is not a bad thing at all. And in fact, a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, I just watched a thing today where, you know, uh, Roger Ebert is a big thing. Um, <laughs> oh, Aaron's reading the feed. Uh, a big thing that uh, where he has, a, he always tries to show a different view um, and always tries to have this view come through um and he can look at a piece of media and be able to show that um this is not our you know like my view might be different and you know please understand but i'm, I'm not going to say this is the only view of this media so well, um, our entire podcast but exactly so um yeah kimberly um if you're still watching uh yeah we have not figured out exactly how to have this equipment be plugged into the the live stream yet um i have actually equipment to plug in um we actually our last episode was not um it didn't go quite as planned yeah a, a lot as far as the recording was concerned yeah i um i'm actually willing to try this next time um with a little bit more prep uh to do what we were doing uh we would just have to do a little bit more um, experimentation. That'd be a good but, start to season two. Oh no, uh, no, Kimberly, it is not your phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, I, I promise you, Kimberly, it is not your phone. Um, thank you so much for commenting. First off, and foremost, um, we uh, this this is not th all of this is not plugged in. Th we are using my phone uh, to live stream right now. So uh, no, uh, and we appreciate that. And actually, you saying that kind of has reminded me that I probably need to look into this. So. Um, so maybe next time I'll actually have this plugged in, um, and hopefully we might be able to do that. I'm fingers crossed. Way back in the day when we were all, all of our friend group was making podcasts because we just thought it was the greatest thing since sliced <laughs> bread. I think we did that once. We did live streams and we plugged in the feed in such a way to gather up the audio correctly. So maybe we should call on those friends and see if they can help us out a bit again this time. Yeah, I, um, I actually have, uh, uh, a podcast that i did the logo for who just did live streaming and i think they use their own mic so i'm gonna reach out to them and ask them what they how they did it so mm -hmm. uh but th thank you so much kimberly we really appreciate it and we'll actually look into that next time and maybe we'll maybe that means you'll come back so you can tell us if you liked it or not <laughs> good saying. part good one babe uh so this is a great episode and it really just strengthens this relationship between steven and connie um especially because like how he does end up kind of getting around the fact that they are he, what he ends up having to say. And I don't really want to say it. I kind of want to. The fact that we're all opinionated people, I think, is an important thing to remember. And that the better thing to do instead of just saying, I'm right, you're wrong, is to remember that everyone is viewing the same thing from a different perspective. Exactly. Um, there's this uh, great illustration I've seen uh, where it's two people standing, kind of like how you and I are. And there's a six drawn. But f at your angle, it would look like a nine. Yeah. And you're n you wouldn't necessarily be wrong. I wouldn't necessarily be wrong. So. But, um, yeah, maybe I should comment that it's like, uh, the, our our equipment is not plugged in. Dot dot dot. Yet. Oh, this is great audio. It is so great audio. So. <laughs> um. Next. Oh, man. Our two-parter, our not-season finale, 
but our two-parter, The Return and Jailbreak. These are probably two of my favorite episodes, with Jailbreak being one of my top, top, top episodes ever. I love the culmination of this episode. I love the the sacrifices that are made, the um, the introductions that are made, everything that happens in this episode. Just it, it's such a whirlwind, um, and it's or in that that episode. So do you? We'll start with the return. Yeah. So this giant hand shows up in the sky, pointing directly at them, which is. As unnerving as that giant eyeball way back at the beginning of season one was, just staring right at this small town, not moving, just getting closer and closer, inevitably, to wreak its havoc and doom. We also get the introduction of Jasper. I Jasper might be my least favorite character. I mean, I don't like Lars for a lot of reasons, but Lars has like weird arcs that I can kind of follow. Jasper, from what I know beyond... This is our first episode of Jasper. So hard to say what she could be. She's definitely a very good antagonist. She she is. This is probably the first antagonist that the series has seen. We've had monsters, like a monster of the week, and um, even with um, Lapis, you know, Stephen kind of helps her redeem herself, if you will. Uh, But we don't This is the first time where someone who is maybe possibly truly evil or, you know, antagonistic. You truly think so. Evil is probably too harsh of a word. I think um, I, I would like to, you know, walk that back a little bit. Um, someone who doesn't, is irredeemable. Indifferent. I'm going to go, they don't I'm going to stick with about, my irredeemable. They don't, care, like, they don't care about people who are weaker than them. Jasper only respects someone who is on her level. That's all that really matters. I don't. Yeah, I. I don't even know if she would respect. There's. She respected respect. Rose Quartz. Yeah, but then all she wants to do is challenge them. There's no respect there. It's it's how someone would respect a a general on the opposing side of a war. You don't want to be friends with them. You don't want to, but you can a- admire their tactics and strategies. Like, oh, okay. But even at the end of the well. Going jumping to the next episode, even when you get to that point, you don't have uh, there's not her respecting people or respecting the tactics of the other team, it's her trying to take advantage of those tactics and use them for herself. Well, she doesn't respect fusions, she doesn't respect uh, people that uh, like pearls because we still don't know exactly what pearls are yet. She said something about a defective pearl, which to us, we don't even like you and I. With as much as we watched and as much as we love Pearl, we'll adore Pearl. I don't think we know not yet what's wrong. Yeah, this is kind of uh, you know, Garnet's kind of our most enigmatic of the gems to know so little about her. This is kind of like our first step into understanding more about her. This is a great in a very good way. Yeah, so. Um, so they do their best and they evacuate the whole town. Um, Steven and his dad have a huge moment where big moment, big feels in that moment. I, I really feel like, um, Steven honestly, like has to basically tell his dad, no, um, like I have to go back for me. It was Greg being a father and realizing that is, you know, saying what we all were thinking in the back of the minds, but not actually saying out loud. Cause they don't play it this way that they're aliens. 
and they used to be on the wrong side and they're forever trying to make up for that and i think him kind of having to go is like basically listen we can't go back and here's reason why okay that's not a big enough reason okay here's reason you know two here's reason three here's reason four here's the biggest reason of them all and it's not enough to convince steven and Steven, he's, you know, Greg is freaking out, which, you know, Greg deals with this stuff as much as he can, but he still has to deal with this stuff. And and after, you know, a moment where Steven pops out of the van door, um, Greg realizes he has to go back. He absolutely has to return. And, and Greg um, even gives him the reason why, that it was Rose's shield that kept them safe. That was how they survived the first time. And that's why Steven realizes he has to go back, not just some vague sense of duty to them, but literally knowing that he could be the thing that stands between them and death. Yeah. And, and that's, and I really feel like if Steven hadn't returned, it would have been the end of the crystal gems as we know it. Yeah. It definitely feels that way. And, and, and it does a, and this episode does a great way of like posing this uh, impending doom with the hand coming down from the sky and it's huge scale yeah absolutely monstrously big and reminded me a little bit of like the titans from hercules which we watched the other night (laughs) yeah Um, i get that vibe i'm playing kingdom hearts 3 right now for the first Uh, time first time very 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 first time because i played one and then two skipping all the rest which i know is probably a little bit blasphemous but i just i can't play 100 games just to get to number three um but we went through olympus uh and you know thieves and all that and it's just it's like kind of want to watch Hercules again. I mean, that's the problem. Every time we watch Kingdom Hearts and we watch them do a music list facsimile recreation of a scene, iconic scene from Disney movies, we're like, well, we got to watch the original now, right? Like, yeah. I just want to watch the original now. There's a couple I've been like, I don't really want to watch. Like, we, I feel like we just recently watched Tangled, and I'm just kind of like, okay. Can't it's, watch that, but I want to, though, Aaron. I, it's like, as much as I love Tangled, which I honestly, I prefer Tangled over uh, Frozen, don't at me, because there's no argument. Um, I, uh, f- I I really just was like, I don't really want to watch this again at the, at the moment. But um, w- when the Titans walk over the earth and it's like, crush him, freeze him. And just a huge scale of them. It, it just, it, w- it was done really well. Uh, this is it was very reminiscent of that to me. Um, yeah, and then for our basically three antagonists, two known, one unknown. We know who Lapis is, and we know that she thinks she's doing the correct thing by going back and saying, "Like, listen, like the gems are all still there. Like they they're still there, still protecting Earth." Uh, Peridot, who they've been tracking and trying to figure out how to stop and foil their tech-savvy opponent. And then Jasper, our unknown quantity, our, See, our huge warrior. I feel like Peridot's a little bit more indifferent. Like, Peridot doesn't care as long as her, you know, her job gets done. Yeah, and Peridot's there to restart the kindergarten. That's yeah, Peridot's job. That's what... she She's there to do her, her work. Jasper is there to be the bodyguard, the security officer, whatever. Um, that's why, like, Jasper gets on the, gets on my nerves because, or not on my nerves, but that's why I don't care for Jasper because she takes it way too far, and like it gets it gets worse and worse. And then I don't know. I found her and Peridot to be you know equally cruel and indifferent. When at first Peridot is definitely cruel and and very indifferent, but Jasper goes from indifferent to uh over uh, overtly 
she goes from uh, indifferent to over the top. Uh, sorry, not overly over the top, like in a snap. Yeah, uh, but the interesting thing about her is that she is not seductive. She does have sway and pull. She she, she intimidates. Exactly, she's an intimidating force. She gets people to do what she wants through fear and force. There's yeah. that, there's a cult of personality there. I think w- eventually when we get to Gem Homeworld and find out some of these other leaders in the gem hierarchy, we're going to find a similar problem. I, I would agree. And again, we've only gotten so far with our first viewing. And there was some um, some other cult of personalities, if you will, in the, the first viewing, which I'm very much looking forward to getting back there. Um, but the with Jasper, especially with the second episode... But how that how that ends, I just it. Oh, she takes pride in her me. strength. She she yeah. thinks that she's and strong she's, on her own. She and and she is strong, but it's a very unstable strength. Um. So and that's and that's why um once we move past this, uh, it moves into one of my best my most favorite episodes. So, uh, when Stephen returns, uh, with the help of Lion. Uh, they uh, are able to he's able to kind of protect them and Jasper immediately recognizes the shield and the symbol and just like starts immediately challenging him he's like who are you why why do you have that Rose, why do you look like that <laughs> yeah and um and then uh knocks Gar- him right out steals garnet, him well first gem destabilizes garnet yeah which is a brand her. brand new thing and like they had no idea this was a, even a thing at all and it was, and and you see her kind of split in half. Oh, so sad. And then you see two gems fall. And you're certain, you're certain in that moment that Garnet is dead. You've never seen a gem break in half before. This is very bad. Like this is not going to go well. And I think that's why it works so honking effectively. Do you remember? Do you remember the? all the first time that we watched this i don't remember going to the next episode immediately i just remember no we just enjoyed that just the just these two random gems walked up on this spaceship finally getting back together and realizing whoa 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 stop you you are jumping like 20 minutes ahead (laughs) you've got to (laughs) stop there's only 20 minutes in the episode i know i'm exaggerating for (laughs) effect (laughs) all right so Steven does get knocked out because uh, Jasper headbutts him. Um, and Steven, I love wait, how you're going point by point on this particular episode. I, these, are, these are the episodes I expected to spend the most time on, <laughs> truth be told. So, I this and these honestly are still one of the some of the best episodes, in my opinion. And and I love um, what happened. And like what happens is this this is the uh, this is the build up. The the return is the build up, and um, the jailbreak or jailbreak is the payoff and it's such a great payoff. And I just realized how crooked our camera is. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter now. It um, don't matter. But uh, so in the reason that this is such a great episode is Steven wakes up and he hears some, he hears a song and he, and he wakes up and I thought, I remember thinking originally like this is like either lapis or pearl or something like that. And not really understanding what was going on, and now rewatching it, I realized who was singing, and it is so beautiful, and it just it gets it gets me that how subtly they built this up to this point, and um, it so Stephen wakes up, 
he's got a black eye and he um he's kind of stuck on this this in this area and he goes to the door of this thing which is like a laser grid and he realizes that he can get through so the gym destabilization kind of affects him but it doesn't like kill him or you he's know human because he's human he's half jim half human so it affects him it kind of gives him like you know the wibby wibbly wobblies timey wibby um and, it, and he's but he's able to get out and he walks over and there's a gym but it's a very small gym and he just kind of is like hi what are you doing he's like, and the gym's like freaking out and i did not understand it the first time i watched it and when i see it now i completely understand it um, and so him and this other gym kind of work together um, to get out and to figure out where the other gyms are. And um, they go and find Lapis, who will not get saved. She refuses to be saved because she knows there's she is certain there's no point in resistance. Just do what they say. Go along with it. And it'll be easy on us. They're they're too strong to fight against. And Steven says. That's why we have to fight against them. Because they are so mean. Because they will not stop until we fight back. And and it's and it's so poignant because it shows the progression of Steven. Steven, at the very beginning, doesn't want to fight. Doesn't want to do any of this. But Lapis was the first one of the first people that he had to fight back against. And the fact that he is showing the reasons to fight at all is, is such a huge... In just one season... I mean, granted, it's 50-some goddamn episodes, <laughs> but it's so many of them that, like, in one season that th- this is this is huge character progression. He still has so much more to go through, and I'm so proud of this character. And, I mean, Lapis has her own stuff that she has to go through that we'll see soon, and, you know, we have other characters that we haven't even been introduced to yet. It's just... Oh, I love it. <laughs> so... Um, oh, I did love that uh, Alexandrite. Was it Alexandrite that popped up? Uh, the fusion between Pearl and Amethyst. Oh, um. Oh gosh, no. Yes, wait. What? It's not Alexandrite, is it? No. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that up. I was certain I would know all that. Um. So, while she's figuring that out, um. They they popped up in the uh, the previous episode, and of course, that, I think that's one of my favorite fusions. Opal. 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 That's it. Yeah, we haven't met an Alexandrite yet. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know who Alexandrite is. I don't think we've met an Alexandrite yet. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we just had a comment on the. Uh, Dragon Con pages that says that this that's bad social distancing. What is that? Uh, that we're in the same room together? Uh, y- yeah. I don't think they understand that we're. They must not understand that we live in the same. <laughs> You're right, Aaron. We are not practicing good social distancing. Um, Hero, if you're watching, the the name of the podcast is married to the idea. They may not know. We're we're married. <laughs> Don't don't worry. I haven't invited this this possibly contaminated person into my home to sit down and record a podcast. We okay, we live together. We joke. So. I am actually contaminated, but not with COVID nineteen. <laughs> um, I have like a tonsillitis viral thing that is not. And I I asked the doctor. I am not. Either which way, Sorry. I I have been stuck in the house with him for the past month. 
So yeah. uh, I, I do appreciate people being worried for yeah. our safety. And we definitely wouldn't be doing this if we didn't live in the same house and weren't married to each other and kiss each other all the time and do all those nasty couple things. Yeah, you kiss me? That's gross. I know. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> tell you. I do it when you sleep. So speaking of kissing, uh, the uh, Stephen does help the small gem who, again, we've never seen before, find another small gem. Uh, the other gem was based in red, and this other gem is based in blue. Uh, again, they're both kind of small, and they meet up, and they have this like kind of sweet moment where they hug each other, and they're like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Are you okay? And it's a very um, very tender and sweet and kind of intimate moment, and they hug, and they kind of swing around and swing around, and all of a sudden, they start fusing. And they become garnet. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful moment. I love it, love it, love it. Because as soon as Garnet pops out, she just she's laughing and giggling and looking at Steven and it's just like, oh my so gosh. Happy. They're like, we, we wanted to meet we wanted to introduce ourselves in a different way. And it was such it was such a great moment. I I could not I I I, I remember whenever I first saw it, I was just like Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. I love that Garnet is a fusion. And there's something like it's a good time to reveal that because we have this antagonist who thinks that fusion is for the weak gem. It's for the people who think that they are weak and they they, they need to use cheap tricks. And you know, Garnet even says that she's an experience. She tells you know, Stevani yeah. that, that that's you're an why she told her. Oh that. my gosh, knowing that, knowing that, watching the first season again and going back to the Stevani episode and watching Garnet's face just like lit up like a Christmas there, tree yeah. when they show up, it's so very good. There's uh, there's a f- further reaction that just I just get giddy about that. That is definitely a spoiler, and we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to go there yet. No, we. I can't wait to get to that episode though. But and the fact that they that she's always a fusion. That she is happier, most happy, most herself as a fusion. When we see fusions, it's usually two people who, you know, have to will get along for a certain time. Like even Opal, when they see Steven come back, breaks right apart because Amethyst is so glad that Steven's back and Pearl is so terrified that Steven is back. So again, it seems to be fusion is a temporary thing. It doesn't seem to be something that you hang out in for an entirety. It's used for a more utilitarian purpose. But Garnet doesn't do that and it looks like on homeworld you're not supposed to stay fused for a long time at all it look yeah it's more like it's a battle tactic to and they even still use it as a battle tactic because you can create fusions from fusions as we've seen with um yeah because garnet is a fusion but can still fuse with the other gems so it's three gems in one yeah or later on four Four, five (laughs) the the numbers but they they know and accept garnet as you know as garnet instead of you know ruby and sapphire who are the two gems that steven helped find each other yeah it's they're garnet and also ruby and sapphire they're everyone like even the other gems are really happy like oh you got to meet ruby and sapphire oh we were saving it for your birthday um, Majed, uh, buddy of mine from college. Good to hear he from has, you, buddy. I believe shown up on every single one of our episodes so far. Uh, he has definitely showed up on more than one. Um, a fusion becomes leaving a part of yourself to become something, while Garnet is wholesome as one. Uh, and it's super interesting, yeah. And and it's very interesting because she's not the only one. Because I feel like Stevani is very close to that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Stevani could stay Stevani 
forever. I it's it's very. I think she they could very much be close to it, if not. Because um, so uh, I want I want to break this down a little bit because we've been just recapping our episode beef for beating our joys and sorrows watching it. Like I really want to talk about fusion just for a minute and break it down uh, because like there's something so intimate about it and the fact that it's used. Um, it's intimate in, in all the ways that I think it's intended to be um, when it's done for utilitarian purposes or when it's done um, through deceit or through pressure. Like, they're clearly using it to talk about delicate subject matter in a more physical, visual way. It's, it is definitely one of those situations where it's dealing with an adult subject in a non-adult way. Um, and it's dealing with a higher concept of love and relationships. It's like it's like a relationship. Like I think it is. It's 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 you know it's more than that. It's like you know uh, how Maja just said you leave a piece of yourself behind to become something even more than you were. It's like it's like you are greater than the sum of your parts. I feel like relationships, marriages, families, they are more than the sum of their parts. Yeah, and um, when you get into a stable relationship. <laughs> Uh, you do become more than just what you were. Yeah. Um, you become a partnership. Uh, you become. You can a, do more than you could before. Yeah, I don't. Th- there's things that I've done since I've been married to you that I don't think I would have been able to do before. Like, I don't think I would be nearly successful in my career without you. And there are people who are completely opposite, and there's not one way that is better than the other. It's dependent on who you are. Like, with the gyms themselves, like, Pearl and Garnet, or sorry, Pearl and uh, Amethyst prefer not to be in a fusion. That is their prerogative, whereas Garnet is more whole together than it is, uh, than uh, um, she is as Ruby and Sapphire separate. There's, I think, you know, you start off as a kid, and your very first identity is that you are the child of someone else. That's your first relationship. And then you could become a sister or a brother. Uh, Then you could become uh, married. Then you could have friends. Then you could have children of your own. And the more connections that you make in your life, the more you become more than who you are. You're not just someone's daughter. You're also someone's friend and someone's wife and someone's mother. You, the more that you connect with others, the greater you become just by being more to different people. I feel like fusion, f- fusioning. I feel like fusing is like that. The idea that the more connections you make, the more you become. And and I completely agree. And and I love that the the physical representation of it is is very reminiscent of that too because you know ruby and sapphire are are physically small not emotionally or anything else but physically they are small and whenever they become garnet she's tall and as you keep going then you could become sugalite which is destructive or you become malachite And and it's and that's and that's what happens whenever you don't do it with the correct person or you enter in a relationship with someone who is incorrect for you. Garnet said that they are bad for each other. Yeah, that that is, and that's <laughs> um, so. Garnet returns to her state um, as she and she is so excited, and she's excited that you know Ruby and Sapphire got to meet Stephen, and Stephen got to meet them, and then she faces off with Jasper, and oh my god. <laughs> 
This is my favorite fucking song. This is Aaron's song. This is where we paused the episode and Aaron went and turned on the subwoofer. Oh, you mean or the, you mean pause the, the episode? Speakers? Yeah. Paused it, turn on the big speakers, blaze that track. This is Aaron's favorite song, and he was so excited to hear it again. Uh, so if we were ranking, yeah, this is probably a favorite one so far. Uh, it's this so is this is like I, I one because it's a spell, two because it's such a joyful thing for someone to sing in the middle of a battle, but it makes such perfect sense for what's happened to her that she would do that. Especially because like Garnet or not Garnet, Jasper just sits there and says like. Oh, you know, fusions it's, it's just a weird tactic and then like and like basically just sits there and browbeats her and like you're why are you doing this? You're a disgrace and Exactly. And she says, You don't you know what? I am love. I am an experience. You can't tell me how to feel. I know how I feel. I don't know why, but I have I am playing this song and it is not coming through. Well it shouldn't be because we're recording a podcast. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm I'm very glad it didn't come through while we're recording. I would I wanted to play it a little bit because it's a great ass song. It's a very good song. Listen to it for yourself. Don't let us get copyright. It is called Stronger Than You, uh, and it is from the season one uh, near the end of the uh, thing. But if you look, Garnet One Season Garnet Song Season One, it's like the first uh, result. I a I love Estelle. B this is such a great. It's it's upbeat but without being it's it's very um well paced and the the fight that happens with it is so well done you know garden gets hit a couple really good times jack but she never loses the upper hand she's always punch for punch just getting the best of jasper and and jasper just slowly starts losing her grip and it's just like Arg! And she, then she turns into Sonic, and that was really weird. Um, I, I, I thought it was a little Golden weird. Golden form Sonic. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, well, you see, even Amethyst does that sort of spin move. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, And you po- posturize that like Jasper and Amethyst are kind of like of the same vein. That may be something I know from later episodes. Possibly, yeah. So, And again, we're going back through them, so hard to say, but I believe... I believe that's how it was supposed to be, that Amethyst was not properly prepared the way that the other warriors were. But I again, that's a right. later episode. So, I mean, yeah, we'll, we will definitely address that as, when we get to it. Uh, but it, it's such a great fight. Pearl and zaps into the Matrix, and Peridot escapes, and then they crash the ship into the side of the cliff. And you think, wow, I mean, that, I mean, that could have gone better, but okay, I mean cool we're all alive yay and then freaking jasper comes out of the rubble and she's like i'm not done with you this is like it's like that final like final villain like oh come on uh, uh freaking uh what's his face from uh uh hot fives like oh just come on <laughs> and, you know like jasper like just basically struggling and then lapis comes out of the wreckage too she tries to fly away and just gets pulled back down by Jasper, and then she starts saying, "Why don't you fuse with me? Come on!" And then like, and then it's like, "Why don't you fuse with me?" Because they kept you locked up for millennia, and like is manipulating the ever-loving crap out of her, and 
It's so goddamn skeezy. Oh, it's so cringy. It's Ugh, it so awful. It's like so like, hey, babe, I bought you dinner, so why don't you come home with me? It really is. Like, that's why it's so Why I hate Jasper. No, agreed, man. It's it's totally awful. And then you think, oh, Lapis turned on the crystal gems because yeah. she's like, yep, you're right. They but, were. And, like, and then you're almost like, oh, no, I see it. But, oh, no, no, not, not you, Lapis. And then... She drags her down to hell. <laughs> she she drags her down to a watery grave, down to Davy Jones's locker, basically. And it's so, and it's like I'm tired of being everyone else's prisoner. Now you're my prisoner, and that's such a strong ass line. Mm-hmm. She purposely she purposely chains herself to another being that she physically hates to keep them from hurting someone that she cares about. Stephen. Yeah. So I and I and this shows that she does genuinely care for Stephen. I do love Malachite's design. It's it's a very unique design, especially with all of the other um and I and the I think it also shows on the ground half and I think it also shows that it's not a good mix and also shows that Jasper is just a terrible gym, just saying. <laughs> Hashtag Jasper's the worst. <laughs> so moving on, uh that means we're on to uh, the last two from Hulu's run of season one. Uh, first, we have Full Disclosure, which I know what you're going to say. I think I like it best. Out of all of them? There is some. There are certain episodes that stick in my brain, no matter what. Uh, episodes like Full Disclosure. Episodes like uh, Rosa Scabbard. Um... Uh, line three alone together there are just episodes where they hit me and they stick in my brain full disclosure is steven tries to avoid connie so he doesn't have to tell her about his ordeal with the homeworld gems from the previous episodes it's right after they they cut right back to oh, them yeah. in the flaming wreckage <laughs> like, on the beach he, he's he, they haven't even like there are still flames going from the wreckage and it's just like and he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, cool, we won. And Amethyst is hugging Pearl, and she, he tells his dad, like, hey, Dad. He's like, wow, you did a good job. He's like, no, we were going to be beat, like, real bad. Like, they beat us up, Garnet destabilized, and I crashed into the ship, and we almost died. And 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 Greg's like, Stephen, I fully support you. Now I'm going to go have a mental breakdown in the, in the van. Uh, uh, where's my calm down mix? Where's the calm down mix? And then and it's, like, straight up heavy metal, and I, I love that moment. So Stephen spends so much time avoiding Connie's call because he doesn't know how to tell her without making her feel afraid about what he's been through. And then uh, coming to his, his uh, looming coast with uh, Ronaldo, talking about how we have to keep these things from the poor fools down here. We know too much, Stephen. We have to... We have to we have to keep it from them so they can live their happy, simple little lives. Oh my God! Is that a giant green hand on the beach side? <laughs> I have to go get pics for my blog. <laughs> I think for me, the thing I like most about this episode is that it's a really beautifully human moment. This whole carnage, this whole wreckage, not being sure how to tell what happened to your friend, and the constant ringing of the phone finally working into the song that Steven sings. I, I do really like I was like why do I know like why does this ringtone like like irk me and not at the same time oh that's why because it's a beautiful ass song mm-hmm. there's just something so cool about it and the way it recaps and ties it all back in together and when he uh, runs away from his friend who he doesn't want to hurt 
but he still loves her. He doesn't want to pull her into this and make no, her Mary feel Jane, bad. No, Mary Jane, we can't date. I mean, yeah, like it I'm is. I'm Spider-Man, so you've got to go away. It is, but like it's resolved <laughs> in five minutes, so I don't hate it. And I know. I, I, I don't hate it. Text her I, that we can't be friends anymore and for Connie just to be like, you come and say that to my face and then I will believe you. But don't you dare be a coward about this. And you think he's going to do it. He jumps down from that big statue and his face is covered. You're like, oh, God, he's going to do it. And then he, he just lifts up in tears and <laughs> snot streaming down his face. I don't want to not be friends with you anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. This is a great episode. Uh, the really payoff good. is hilarious and, and it is beautiful. I, I was singing along to that song, too. It's, it's a great song. It's a great episode. Um, there were some episodes like when we got right before we started like really building up that kind of like were struggles. And I know season two, episode one is going to be rough. So rough. Um, but once we, once you kind of get through those episodes, it, it's just, it picks up and it never really puts you down. Um, there's some weak episodes that we will have to get through, but there's not, there's, we've kind of, we've gone through the weakest save for one so far uh, <laughs> that I can tell. Uh, th- I would not call this a weak episode. This is this shows Steven is trying to protect still. Um, maybe not in the best way. And we see in a, a soon episode, I want to say it's early in season two, um, that Connie steps up in a huge way. She starts being a fighter. I know. Okay, spoilers. That's not a spoiler. Well, I didn't say what kind of fighter. That okay. would be spoiling if I told you who starts training her. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to just talk about the episode that we're in. Well, okay with, then. With references. Well, it's nice that Connie's reaction to all this stuff isn't, oh, I can't be a part of this, but like, well, I should probably be stronger so I can help. Which is what Steven's reaction was to the whole thing, too. Like, I need to be more. Which maybe is, a, 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 a maybe Steven influenced her whenever they became Stevani. So, it's... It's very, um, it's a great episode, and it shows the strength of Connie, and it shows that when she is a friend, she will do anything for that friendship, and that Steven still has a lot to learn, and a lot of maturing to do, because it, it, w- it was a little bit more uh, the resurgence of serious Steven. Serious Steven. Um, but there was there was some awesome moments in this. Uh, I do love, I was like, oh, Steven. Uh, I see you come here to brood as well. <laughs> so very good. I, I the fact that well, it's more explained well with the fact that he didn't realize until halfway through the conversation that there was the the, the giant spaceship hand had crashed onto the beach. Like, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> I gotta get pics for my blog. Um. So I I agree. This is a great episode. It's not my favorite of this uh, the six, but it's hard. It will be. It would be hard to pick of the six because this is a solid six. Like, yeah, it's probably one of the best set of six that we've our set of episodes that we've done so far. I agree. Even with our last one, I thought I wouldn't. I thought it was a weak note to end season one on. But the this time watching it, it didn't feel that way. I think for me, when we first watched it, it was like, oh, that's. That's it. Ah, no. I, I need more. That wasn't anything. But I think watching it now brings a bit truer because we have been watching all of them so quickly together. So our last episode we're going to talk about, the last episode of season one of season one of Keep Beach City Quarantine <laughs> is Joyride. The cool kids take Steven out on a late night joyride to lift his spirits and end up discovering Paradox's skate pod. So this is our last loose end. This is, we know what happened to the Lapis. We know what happened to Jasper. But what happened to Paradox? When are we going to find Paradox? 
and Steven's busy cleaning up all of this gem tech off of the beach. And the cool kids, which are, you know, who are very nice to Steven and are not like mean, cool kids at all, which is always nice to see that they turn them in. A, in a, they're definitely irresponsible, but they're children. I'm not going to get mad about them for that. They remind me of like the kids that like everyone thought they were cool. But until you but when you start hanging out with them, you realize they're like as dorky as you are. Oh, yeah. Almost. They're just they're just normal like us. It's not God, stepdad, just let me be a DJ. <laughs> love that about sour cream i love it so much uh so we have sour cream and we have uh the mayor's son and we have buck, buck and we have one of the fish stew daughters uh the evil twin as she likes to call herself evil sister no i'm not gonna help you with your math homework jenny <laughs> uh and they're all like uh hey Simon, come hang with us i'm sorry i'm working guys you know gem business okay it's cool that's fine we get that okay see you later and then they come in the middle of the night and throw pizza at his window and like hey you done yeah we can hang out now. I guess we can hang out now. I am done with working for the day. <laughs> so let's go hang out. It's it's so innocent. And then like so they're so innocent. And then like uh they're just riding in the car and they're like talking about like I you know, I just don't understand. Like everyone's just like, Oh, you're the mayor's son and, and then my dad tries to tell me to do something. He's like, Don't you understand? I'm the mayor's uh, uh And they're all complaining in their teenager way about how oh, families are tough and this and that and she's like, Yeah, I feel you. I mean, some gems tried to kidnap me, and I think they wanted to kill me, and I think more will be coming back, and I think they think I'm my mom, and I maybe am, and the entire car and, is just And then the crystal gems kind of like, wish I was my mom, but also blame me for my mom not being here, and I kind of blame myself a little bit, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of Teddy from our D&D podcast, our D&D campaign we just yes. did. Yes. Oh, poor Teddy. Um, uh, we just did a we just did a campaign that our friends shout did. Shout out to Alicia. Alicia, she did a one shot for us, and it was so good to have this character Teddy, who was just a sad sack and very clearly not good at anything, trying to figure out how to prove himself. Uh, to marry the woman he loves, it was just he. <laughs> she did a very good job with him, and yeah, I feel like. All of us having our very normal problems. Like, yeah, I think I'm my mom and that people want to kill me. And I think my friends resent me for the fact that I'm here. My mom isn't. And and his friends, while <laughs> also being really incapable in, of dealing with this because it's so beyond anything that they can comprehend, are like, that's hard. <laughs> they're, they're, just like, they're just staring. They're, all of them just kind of go. Staring off in the distance. <sighs> and and uh, the driver just kind of turns off the music. That's heavy. That's heavy. It like, reminds me, like, the, the Simpsons, there's a scene from Simpsons, like, geez, kids, would you lighten up? <laughs> uh, so they find Peridot's escape pod, and Steven's first, like, we gotta get back and report this to the Crystal Gems. And they're like, come on, have some fun. And for a while, they do just have fun. They take pictures with it. I do love all the selfies that they do with the stickers. Yeah, it, and... At first, he just kind of is like, it's just there. And then he gets into the pictures. I love that. And then even when he gets in the pod, he's controlling it for a bit, and it's all fun. Uh, and then eventually, of course, things go awry and the pod starts malfunctioning and the crystal gems show up and almost destroy the pod with Steven inside. And it's very um, I didn't get this the first time I watched it. And um, I think I was kind of the same way. It was like, OK, let's just get this episode over so we can move on. Um, but this uh, watching rewatching this episode, um, Amethyst and Pearl don't have the same kind of reaction. Uh, but Garnet, you can tell she is still working through a lot of these issues and her almost sending this pod back to space, even with Steven inside, not taking the moment to really kind of assess the situation as Garnet does. That, that's her, her, her being her, 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 what she does. 
kind of shows that she's still working through the aggression and the anger uh, that came from being what separated. happened. Yeah, being separated and um, it's Ruby coming out in her basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, oh man, it, uh, it like you can just see when she does realize that Stevens there, she's, oh my god, like you, you I can almost feel, really messed up there. You can feel just the 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 sense of dread that like just weighs on her and then she gets you know rightfully angry um at steven and like oh how dare you and then then uh, all of his good friends go up and they're like hey listen he's having a really tough time and he's just a kid and we get that he has important stuff to do but i think he just needs to take take a break right now just let him be a dj dad uh wait and Uh, then i do love the the reaction of they listen to this whole thing and And then like pearl's like or uh, amethyst is like you know he had he did just save us from space jail <laughs> and gar's like okay you are ungrounded from television and then they all take selfies together and i love that all all seven of them all in the frame of the camera it's so fun i it's it is a great episode and i don't think i appreciated um you know sour cream uh buck dewey and uh the the Fish stew twin. I always forget because it's Jenny and I know I always remember Jenny I, and not I, her I name. I cannot remember the other one's name. Um, I can. Uh, I I don't think I appreciated the these three because I thought they were the kind of the token cool kids. Um, until this rewatch slash a little bit later on because sour cream you get a little bit of backstory in a later episode. Um, of course the fish stew, uh, twins. We had the episode with them and their family. Uh, and then um, Buck. I think we, that is Jenny, because uh, Kiki is her twin. Kiki, gotcha. Yeah, so we could remember Jenny every time. We just can't remember Kiki's name. Kiki and Jenny. Um, so uh, you know, and then Buck. We actually have an episode that's coming up. We'll be in the next set, um, where we get a little bit more backstory on him. Which honestly, the relationship between him and his dad kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Goofy and Max. So. Oh yeah. Just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, single dad. Uh, you know, alone son kind of thing. Uh, always trying to be cool kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, especially with this episode, it really kind of reinforces that they are, they're, yeah, they're, they might be considered the cool kids, but they're not like trying to be the jocks. The They you never know. do. Like you, we think they have to be that way because of our own preconceived notions about what cool kids are and because of Lars's reactions to them when we first meet them, but they never were jerks and they never were mean. They were always just, kids who were cool because they were confident in who they were and they they were fun to be around like that's all you had to do exactly and it's like Lars putting so much pressure on himself as he does mm-hmm. uh and steven just being so carefree and honest and you know open to being with people doesn't matter who you know doesn't matter whether it's onion who is literally you know a demon i i i, I don't I know mean, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the political power, he has, like, something in his hand. He has a hand. bat in his hand ready to beat Mayor Dewey's brains in. And then, like, Stephen's like, wait. And then you just see, and you cast back to Onion just going. Mm. It's just. I could beat him in, too. I know it. it it's just, I, oh, okay. See, uh, Onion is chaotic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Chaotic neutral. Yeah. He doesn't care what uh, what happens as long as something happens. <laughs> Uh, but like you know, there's so many. He doesn't care who he hangs out with as long as he's having fun, um, and it's not like he has to have fun at other people's expense either. So, um, in fact, he wants to help people too. So it's nice to see that these kids are kind of in the same vein, 
Um, and they, you know, encourage him to not only be himself, but to go out and have fun. Um, you know, in different ways than say like Connie, uh, or, um, Sadie would, or even Ronaldo would suggest. So, uh, it's cool that he has different people that he wants to hang out with. So this, and this was a great episode because they did stick up with him, stick up for him in the end. And, and then the gems are like, you were ungrounded from TV. So I think you're right. There's our strongest six so far. I don't think that there's been a stronger six because so all done six of these. ten episodes beforehand. So this is our Well, I mean, strong, strongest set. set. Yeah. Agreed. Because, like, all of the other sets of episodes have been, there's always been, like, one or two that have been, like, meh. Like, I can think of maybe, like, the pre- most previous set, um, 40 through, like, 46 or 41 through 46, I think was pretty damn strong, too. But I think there was, like, one that was kind of bleh. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. That what? those last, these last 12 were all pretty tight. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna pull this up as I. I have it, I'm, I can tell you. Okay, well, I'm kind of. That's what I'm kind of uh, doing. Yeah, because we liked Horror Club, we liked Winter Forecast, we liked Maximum Capacity, we liked Marble Madness, we liked Rose's Scabbard, we liked The Message. Like those were what, all good. What was Maximum Capacity? Uh, maximum Capacity is the storage unit with him and Amethyst. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. like they're yeah. all good. So I would say this set is stronger than that one, but just barely. Just like barely. overall, like that is a B plus, like A. This is A plus, A plus, 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 plus. All the way through. Like this is strongest set. That is like solid set. Like if you wanted to be, just watch Steven Universe, this, that's a great set. Now, Aaron, I want you to maintain this goodwill because we're starting out season two with the dreaded say uncle. I want you to maintain your your composure and your niceness, and remember this is a chill appreciation fan cast, and not to disparage too heavily on something that was clearly a corporate mandated crossover. Can I get any closer to the mic and show my displeasure? I well, the people at, at home are Aaron is people not under. looking I forward don't, to it. I don't. I watched this episode and it does reveal some cool things, mm-hmm. but that's the only good thing about it. The Uncle Grant, there is there's a problem with children's animation. <laughs> there is there's I a am, scourge affecting am a, the youth of America. I am a 29, nearly 30 year old, and here's my opinion on children's entertainment. Why am I complaining about a children's show? Why am I complaining about a children's show? Um, I. I have eaten up children's entertainment, especially animation, since I was a kid, and I will probably do it until I'm in a nursing home, <laughs> if I ever make it to one. We'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, I enjoy it. I have always enjoyed it. Um, there's there's a certain simplic- simplicity about it, and but I want to not only enjoy it, but I want to respect it, too. There are shows that, like, you know, like, Earlier Ducktales and um, uh, uh, oh, what's uh, Amphibia that just came out or is still pretty new uh, on Disney that are a little that kind of hit a little bit uh, you know s- you know swing for the lower fences a little bit. There are shows like that, but they're still quality entertainment. Or you have shows like Steven Universe or Gravity Falls or Avatar: The Last Airbender or Korra. The Legend of Korra, you you have some amazing children's or family entertainment uh, for television. We're not even getting on movies yet. Um, That stretch the bounds of imagination and have your children 
or yourselves really want to enjoy the experience beyond just putting on a something that's animated or something that's a kid's show. Um, I've always respected, and, and, and now as an adult, going back and re-watching some things, it's like, there is some awesome stuff out there that that people was like, oh, I can't watch that. It's a cartoon. It's for kids. Bullshit. I don't think that attitude is there much anymore. It's it is it is certainly going by the wayside. There are still a few people. Your mom had that attitude for a little while until you and I really start got heavier into dating. I wouldn't say so, Aaron, because she was the one who took me to every Disney movie and enjoyed them. She was the one who yeah, thought Lion until King got, was like the greatest movie until you became a teenager. And then she was like, "Oh, if you're gonna go watch it, watch it." And then she's like, "She now knows that you and I enjoy watching cartoons and animated movies, so we're now the kind of designated couple that go and take, you know, our nephews or our bro- your brothers to these movies because they want to watch it. They don't want to watch it. It's good to be a pop culture follower. I, you can tell all the parents what is acceptable and not. <laughs> exactly. I, I and I, you know, I'm kind of okay with that. I enjoy animated movies." Uh, your former roommate Jenny P- uh, Plyler uh, was an animation uh, major and uh, and in the animation business for a long time, and she taught me a lot of things about animation. Um, I do not call myself an animation ex- expert in the slightest, but I do have an appreciation of it. Um, I've brought her up during class and some other things. Uh, I enjoy it, and so whenever I get to see some things or some shows that really stretch this kind of stuff. It invigorates me. So getting to see a show like this is amazing. And I'm really happy that this show exists and that we are on this journey, that you are on this journey with me, and that that those of you who are watching or who have been watching or watched previously or are going to watch in the future, I'm really happy that you guys are with us because I've enjoyed doing this and I'm going to continue enjoying this. I'm I'm gonna be that guy that walks into, you know, freaking the next Leica movie, or um, you know, the one who's like gets excited about the next Pixar movie. Soul looks interesting. I don't like the trend that is happening that we'll talk about later on. Um, but I enjoy animated things and I enjoy children's entertainment because it brings me back to a time of nostalgia. But I can appreciate what goes into it. So. Steven Universe is one of those shows that pushes those bounds, but without breaking them. It absolutely shows children, teenagers, adults saying, hey, this stuff happens, and it can be scary, it can be tough, it can be downright nearly impossible to deal with, and God Almighty, you can get through it. You can keep moving forward, and you can push right through, and it's amazing to see that. Like, there's there's some shows, and I've, I've already brought it up, Avatar The Last Airbender is one of those shows that will stand the test of time because of the amazing quality that was put into the show. The show. This is going to be one of them, too. I, I fully expect, even though the show just ended, or the f- follow-up series, if you will, just ended, I fully expect Steven Universe to stand the test of time because of the quality characters, the storytelling and honestly the animation is really good too so i i'm very excited to move forward into the next season and to keep moving forward and i and i really appreciate those who watch um you know live and who listen you know those who are listening uh and 
though I will start off on probably the worst episode <laughs> that we have because Uncle Grandpa is terrible and Cartoon Network, that was my original point, actually. <laughs> the Nickelodeon. I'm just glad that you invited me to your TED Talk here. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, there's, there's this weird trend of making crap entertainment uh, for children, and there's it's always been there. Care Bears was crap entertainment. You know, there's like Fanboy and Chum Chum, and then like Uncle Grandpa. But there is some amazing entertainment out there if you can just look for it. Steven Universe being one of them. Honestly, The Loud House, I've watched a few episodes. That is some some very witty writing, and it's very accessible. I think is the best way to describe it. I want to watch more of that. Uh, but there's some older shows like Gravity Falls. We highly recommend it. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender is amazing. Um, I'm Aaron, the more you talk about it, the more I think we just need to start doing an Avatar fan cast. So you need to... <laughs> We need to get back on topic real quick or that's going to happen. <laughs> I I will see after that because we've got a long way to go with this because we're we're not even through with Steven Universe and there's what's called Steven Universe Future. And I have no idea what happens with that and I'm looking forward Who to knows? getting to that. It so. could be anything. So as we wrap up Steve uh Steven Universe season one, I, I I'm I've loved this you know, six, seven part journey. Um of season one i'm looking forward to continue moving on and thank you guys so much for being on this journey with us and um you know to those listening and to those watching the episodes we're going to start with when we come back for season two next week same time same place uh we're going to start with say uncle <coughs> i know uh say uncle shirt club story for steven love letters Reformed. We'll probably stick I think with just the five. We'll stick with five because I think from now on, um, I think we'll do five episodes because the seasons now move to a twenty-five around twenty-five episode length. Yes, uh, unfortunately, if you think less. that's going to make our episodes shorter, you are sorely mistaken. Yeah, because we are sitting really pretty right now at a hour and twenty-one minutes just recorded that's not live we're we w went live longer <laughs> uh, well, i would I love to get up. some dinner now i am uh the same mindset so um i've already said my thank yous uh be sure if you haven't to like our married to the idea page to be updated as much as we can on when we uh go live uh, we try to do a little bit of warning today was a little bit different um but it's always tuesday at five yes. no matter what we try to give you a little bit of update. Um, we are going to be doing another episode next week for the regular Marriage to the Idea. I did not post it to Facebook in time. You can blame it all on me. My bad, y'all. Um, and we'll probably be posting the episode from last week of Keep Beach City in Quarantine maybe tomorrow or Thursday. So um, we're a little behind, but you know what? It's quarantine. Time is irrelevant. <laughs> Time is nebulous. The fact that we're on a Tuesday schedule at all is breathtaking. It's what helps keep me uh, remembering what my days are. So, uh, Liz, any final words? Uh, some shows, they say, oh, it's slow for the first season, but then it really picks up afterwards. Steven Universe is not one of those shows. It starts strong. I can only hope it ends just as strong. I have a good feeling that it will. Um, knowing, you know, 
what I know, what c- happens later on, and that I, I just have some great feelings for the show. And I'm very excited to go on this journey, not only with all of you, but especially with my blue-haired goddess uh, over there. <laughs> uh, can you tell that I convinced her to become Lapis? <laughs> it is your favorite character. It's one of my one of my favorite characters, so... Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, hope you guys stay safe out there, both in audio land and in video land. Um, if you guys have any cosplay pictures, please be sure to drop them in the comments um, or you know shoot them to us. Uh, we'd love to see them. Uh, next week, uh, again, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, right here. And we will be talking about the first five episodes of Season 2. Uh, we will see you guys then. Stay safe. And as always, remember, only you can keep the city quarantined. quarantined.